Welcome back to Innovation Big and Small. Hi there, Jim. Hi, Squirrel. How are you today? I'm okay. It's uh, getting late here in England, so it's getting getting dark earlier. That's it's actually starting to be autumn. I think you would call it fall. Yes. And uh, w one of the things that happens when it's dark is that you can see shiny objects better. So I, I think we want to talk <laughs> about shiny objects and and how does that relate to big and small innovation? That sounds good. You know, by shiny objects, we sort of mean uh, things that distract you from your main. Uh, your main job or focus. How does that play out? And I, my impression is that in startups and small companies, the focus is so clear that huh. everybody's aligned around it. So ha. how does that play out? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Clear focus. If, if, if only, well, if, if startups had clear focus, I wouldn't have a consulting business. So, so um, <laughs> that, that would be um, a great thing. I'd love to put myself out of business, but uh, absolutely startups have a terrible, terrible time with shiny object syndrome. One of the biggest reasons for that is that the startup got going because somebody had shiny object syndrome. Somebody said, Hey, I'm doing this boring job. I, I have one I know of that, uh, that that I've worked with for a long, long time. The uh, founder got started because he was doing a job that he was sure a computer could do, and he started programming a computer to do it at his at his job. And then he quit, and he started a company to do what the computer was doing because he said, "Look, this is stupid that a human is doing this. Why don't we have a computer do it?" And they uh, got a startup going. The problem is it's hard to stop shiny object syndrome. It helps you to get started because you say, oh, shiny object, something that would be exciting and fun to, to work on. And then you find more of them. And of course, that's what got you there. So you think, gosh, I, I should do more of that. So absolutely one of the things I'm going back to startups all the time on is let's get a very clear focus. Let's remember what we came here to do. Let's stop doing all the other things that aren't helping us. And what, what's hard about that in these uh, startup firms? Uh, well, the the problem is that um, unlike, well, I actually don't know what it's like in a big company, so you can tell me, but my uh, experience is that the startup has um, an unclear business model, as we were talking about last time, yeah. business models, often the startup is kind of figuring it out as it goes. So lots of things could fit, right? So you could say, oh, well, actually, you know, we've, we've done this thing and it's gotten kind of boring now. We're, we're excited by new stuff. And this boring thing where we just turn the crank and make money, ah, who wants to do that anymore? Let's go do this new thing, which could make us zillions of squillions of pounds instead of just zillions. And then uh, we, we're not sure whether there'll be any crank to turn, but gee, it would sure be interesting to try this shiny new thing. That's why it's difficult because the, the startup got going by doing new things and experimenting and it continues to. The problem is it has to narrow its focus at some point, And that's usually very difficult. Is that a leader issue usually? It's the entrepreneur yeah, who has almost always. Yeah, that, yeah, but it, it it can infect the rest of the company. So I have a client right now who's got it kind of pathologically. It's um, the, the founder certainly has it, and they're shifting direction all the time. But uh, there are folks in the company who uh, just get completely excited about some new, brilliant, wonderful thing that they think will save the world, and go off and leave everyone else in the dust. And each of them likes to blame the other one and says, "Oh, it's them. It's the founder. It's this other one. They're all doing it." So uh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to institute uh, one of the things I'm doing right now is figuring out how to get them a drill sergeant, get them somebody who just makes them salute. So they, yeah, they say, yeah. yes, yes, boss, I'm going to do this thing because they just cannot control themselves. Well, in, in uh, larger companies, I think it, it's the same phenomena, but it plays out a little differently. And at least in my experience, and that's that every year uh, a corporation will have a corporate plan and every year there will be, you know, you know, three or four top priorities. And obviously they're within 
the larger scope of the strategy of the business. But, you know, one year it's, well, we've got to win in winter. And the next year, well, we've got to win in the magazine contest for performance. Uh, and, you know, and then the next year is something else. And then everybody orients around that new priority, even though you're not going to win in winter in one year and you're not going to win in performance in one year. And so there's a sort of uh, a whipsaw as everybody says, oh, okay, we've got to align. You'll get a favored budget status if you're aligned with one of the big uh, priorities. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's, again, it is, it's sort of like at the executive level. And people are responding to real market concerns and uh, events that have happened competitively and so forth. But uh, the the response is the R&D or the development stuff is uh, is wagging around. So one of the biggest things you can do as a leader of uh, innovation in a large company is to give things time to develop mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and to make the case for them. So part of that, obviously, is really understanding that there's where the value is, where the customer value is in the work you're doing. Because even if the world changes a bit from a business strategy perspective, the customer value is either there or it's not there. And that can help you sustain it. So that's uh, that's one of the challenges. Yeah. And one of the, the biggest things that I'm always counseling startups to do, and some of them do it really, really well, is to keep the focus on that customer value on that business model that they're trying to prove or disprove on whatever the, the results are going to be for a customer because that can be very hard to do you you're going to lose sight of that very easily uh, one of the companies that at least ap apocryphally does this well is, is the the theory i have heard uh, i just have not proved this i've not walked the halls of spacex which is the company yeah. about which the story is told uh, but I've, I've heard that what happens there is you can walk up to anyone. You walk up to someone in finance and they say, oh, yes, I'm sending these invoices so that we'll get paid and then we can build more rockets and then we can all go to Mars. Yeah. And then you talk to somebody who's busy wiping down the machines in the factory and says, oh, yes, I'm cleaning these machines so that we can make more rocket parts. So then we can build more rockets and then we can all go to Mars. And so everybody's very clear about the connection between whatever they're doing and um, getting to Mars. And it would be hard to get confused and think, oh, my gosh, we're going to go to Venus. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They got that message pretty clear. The, the whipsawing is, is unlikely to happen in a company with that clear direction. Now, building that is very hard and making sure it yes. sticks around is yeah. even harder. But uh, at least in a startup, there's fewer people to influence. So it tends to be less painful that it doesn't stop people who, who don't pay attention to it, who aren't turning the crank all the time on the uh, the message. Yes, keep it attached. We're going to Mars, 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 Mars. Uh, unless they get that, they're, they're in a lot of pain. So I'm often counseling folks I'm coaching to start from Mars and work backwards. Yeah, yeah, start yeah. with whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. What's the customer value? Then work backward to what you're going to do. And then if anybody comes and says, why are you doing that thing, Jim? They say, well, the reason is I'm going to do this to get to that, to get to that, to get to Mars. Very good. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it is a little bit of a different uh, situation because it's less likely that it's just someone has a random idea, although people do have random ideas and they're put in the hopper and, and people, they're evaluated and some of them really uh, will have legs. But it's this uh, reordering of the portfolio on something like an annual basis based on where the budget winds are blowing that is the biggest risk. Uh, of this kind of syndrome in, in large companies I've worked for. Got it. And you don't have to worry about quite the, the shiny object 
causing you to lose all your budget because the company has hardly any budget to start with. So that's yeah. not the issue, but the issue is keeping the focus and um, not wasting the very limited resources the company has because you're usually probably spending all of the budget and more. You're losing money. The, the trick is not losing and, and spending that on something that doesn't advance your, your cause, but it's very easy to fall into that trap. Absolutely. Sounds, uh, sounds good. And, and it's very obvious when you walk in, it sounds like when that's happened. Oh, it's abundantly clear because you, you aren't seeing the, the delivery on the milestones, which I'm sure happens to the innovation group at a large company as well, that you have this limited budget and you, you go off and chase something that's not what you're supposed to do. Or, or does that happen, actually? Are, are you kind of kept on the rails or, or does it can you get off in the same way a startup can? Well, it, it's, uh, it, it depends on the project manager in that case. If the project manager is inclined to chase new ideas before completing then and that's something you have to manage but yeah it's uh that's a separate kind of problem i think makes sense okay well shiny object syndrome uh, turns out infects both small and large companies so uh we'll be continuing to look <laughs> at ways. at the various uh, diseases that affect uh, both our 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 uh, natural uh, climates and uh, we'll be looking at more of those i'm sure in, in future episodes and if listeners want to get in touch with us, if they're uh, suffering from shiny object syndrome or they know somebody who is, they know how to find us, they have a look on the show notes for the, the website. Uh, you can, uh, the website where you found this podcast should have the show notes and that'll have the uh, email and Twitter and so on for, for uh, Jim and I. And of course, we like it when you hit subscribe because then you can come back and hear us next week, which I hope all of you will do. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Squirrel. Bye-bye.